All right. Well, good afternoon, St. Paul's. So, as I was reflecting on Celebration Sunday and uh, how blessed we are as a church to have so many people who volunteer and help us to do what we do here, um, I remembered something that I wrote in my journal before I went to seminary. And I'm going to share it with you guys right now. So this is um, peeking into the soul of Pastor Ryan. All right. This is me being vulnerable here. So I wrote, if I ever become a pastor, does that mean I will have to plan outreach events in the community? Will I have to organize service projects? If I have to organize service projects, will I have to come up with catchy names for the service projects? Will I have to make t-shirts with the catchy names for the participants to wear? I don't know how to design t-shirts. I don't want to design t-shirts. Now, I was probably only half serious when I wrote that, but I was experiencing some real anxiety over the thought of church leadership because I was realizing how many things there are to do, and doing all of them just felt like an impossible task. Well, what this angsty pre-seminary version of myself needed was to be reminded of our passage today. Uh, today we're looking at 1 Corinthians 12:13 through 20. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 through 20. It says, For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But, in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And then moving ahead to verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the the greater gifts. So here Paul uses this analogy of a body to describe the way the church is supposed to work. And just as a body is a unity of multiple parts, so also the church is supposed to be a unity of many parts. And those parts all have special roles to play in the functioning of the body. So the reason I was feeling anxiety was because I was failing to recognize that even if I were to become a pastor, I was only meant to be one part among many. Um, I was feeling anxiety because I was like an ear imagining the responsibility not only of hearing, but also of smelling and tasting and thinking and seeing and regulating metabolic processes. And no ear can do all those things. That's impossible. Like Paul says, 
If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? The answer, of course, is nowhere, because ears aren't meant to smell. What Paul is saying is that God has set the church up so that we have to work together in order to do what he's calling us to do. We have to. The church can't do what God intends if only a few people are involved. And the reason God has set that things up that way is because God's nature is love. And he wants the church to reflect that love. And love is all about the unity of diversity. When you have uh, different things that unite harmoniously around a common goal, God loves that. He's all about that. And he wants his church to embody love by being a unity of diversity. Now, we don't have a lot of time to spend in this text today, because we've got a lot of things to do today. Uh, but I want us to take, take away two important facts from this passage. Uh, two important facts that Paul is saying through this analogy. And the first one is this. If you're taking notes, the first one is individualism doesn't work. Individualism doesn't work. So we live in a culture right now that likes to emphasize uh, the individual rather than the team. Uh, we live in a culture where people like to think of themselves as self-sufficient and independent. But in the church, no one's meant to be self-sufficient and independent. We have to rely on each other because none of us has all the gifts that we need. You know, Paul asks those rhetorical questions. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? You know, the answer clearly to every one of those questions is no. No one is all those things. And so individualism in the church is a recipe for disaster at worst, at, at the worst, and ineffectiveness at best. In preparation for this message today, I listened to a, a message by Francis Chan on this same passage, and he used an illustration that I really liked. Uh, Chan said that God has set up the church like Legos. So, courtesy of uh, Meg Mitchell today, we have this prop. Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, so as you can see here, Legos, when they all work together, they can form beautiful things, uh, like Elsa's castle. And, uh, but if you just have one Lego, I'm going to put this back. <laughs> if you just have one Lego by itself, this Lego is not really good for anything, right? When you see all the Legos together, you go, oh, wow, that's cool. But if you see one Lego by itself, if you do say anything about it, it's probably not something I can repeat from up here because you've stepped on it and it really hurt. <laughs> and that's what individualism in the church is like. It's like one lone Lego waiting to get stepped on. But all together... Elsa's Castle. Thank you for entrusting me with that. <laughs> so, however, this fact that individualism doesn't work, it actually needs to be balanced by another really important fact. So there's a second one. The second one is that you do matter. You do matter. A lot. Uh, the fact that one Lego can't build anything by itself doesn't mean that one Lego doesn't matter. And this fact is even more clear when we think about Paul's analogy of the body, right? When a part of the body isn't working well, 
that's a, that can be a real problem. A couple guys uh, went hiking in the Appalachian Trail last weekend, and from what I hear, some of them had some very painful blisters on their feet. And I'm sure any one of them would tell you that even though that was just one part of their body, that really colored their whole experience. <laughs> so when, when one part of the body isn't functioning well, that can be a real drag. Francis Chan offers another really great illustration about this idea that each of us matters. He compares the church to a puzzle. And he talks about how if you put a puzzle together and there's one missing piece, the glory of that puzzle is just robbed. Because when you look at that final product, all you notice is there's a, there's a piece that's missing. Where is that final piece? And similarly, when just one of us doesn't do what God is calling us to do, the final glory of the picture that God is making with this church is something's missing. You know? Each one of us matters. A little before this passage that we looked at uh, in 12.7, uh, 1 Corinthians 12.7, Paul says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, each one of us has been provided by the Holy Spirit with some function within the body of Christ. Each one of us. And so even though individualism doesn't work, individuals matter. Each one of us has this capacity to bless the body of Christ in a unique way, a way that's special and that only us can, only we can, <clears throat> and that has the power when combined with others to make something beautiful. So, the big idea here, individualism doesn't work, but individuals matter. And praise God for setting things up that way, because doing it all is too much responsibility for any of us to bear, but at the same time, each of us needs to feel like we have a purpose to f- fulfill, like we're doing something meaningful. So because individuals matter, we want to take some time right now to acknowledge and celebrate the ways that individuals have served our church. Now, Paul used this analogy of the body, but I feel awkward about assigning body parts to volunteers. So <laughs> we're going to go with a different analogy. Today, we're going to go with the analogy of an orchestra. One time, I was watching an orchestra, and it really hit me. Like, it was almost like this transcendent, amazing, you know, uh, euphoric moment where I was like, wow, the orchestra is such an amazing illustration of this concept of unity of diversity. Because you've got all these instruments all these different kinds of instruments, and each instrument has been lovingly crafted uh, according to a very specific design that's developed over centuries and centuries of time. Um, And they're each played by someone who's committed countless hours to figuring out how to make this thing sound good. And, um, I mean, when you really consider, like, all of the time and effort and thought that's gone into creating an orchestra over all that time, it's just, it's mind-blowing. And somehow, all these diverse elements come together, and they manage to form beautiful music, hopefully. But the musicians have to surrender to the leading of the conductor, and they can't just do their own thing, right? They've got to pay attention to the music that's been prepared for them. Uh, If they try to do their own thing, if they try to just say, I'm just going to be an individual, uh, then it doesn't work. The orchestra would just sound like they're tuning up, just like noise. But when each instrument fulfills its unique role, it leads to something heavenly. 
so this celebration Sunday, we're going to go with this or- orchestra metaphor as far as I can push it. <laughs> so it, be patient with me. Extend grace, because some of this is going to be a stretch. Uh, but Keith and I found some places online where they assign personalities to instruments and that sort of thing. So um, I'm going to invite Keith to come up here. Keith has some certificates we want to give you just as a, a small sign of our appreciation. And uh, when you hear your name, don't waste any time. Just get up, head over there, and Keith will hand you the certificate. So, okay. First, we want to recognize our board of directors. And we are going to call our board of directors the drums and percussion. Because they're steady and dependable, and in a lot of ways, they help to set the routine and structure of our church. So this is Joseph France, Dan Gallimore, Jason Mitchell, Zara Riddell, Steve Bell, and Patrick Wagstrom. So, These guys uh, stay up late on many Mondays to deal with everything from church vision to fire aftermath. And in between those meetings, they even have homework. So they do a lot for us. Now, after I read these names for each of these parts of the orchestra, I'm going to ask us to say the phrase that I'm putting on the screen right now. I hear you guys have done this in the past, and I... I think it's a good thing to keep doing. And and just remember, the louder you say it, the less awkward it's going to feel. So, way to go. Thanks for serving. We couldn't have done it without you. All right, great. All right, next we have our children's ministry. And we're saying that this is the harp in our orchestra. Because the harp has a sound that is both lighthearted and wise at the same time. And both of those qualities are ideal for working with kids. So we want to recognize Bethany Donaldson, uh, who's our children's director. She puts a lot of time in, especially around VBS, to help kids know Jesus. And uh, we also have our volunteers who watch the kids during the service. This is uh, Bethany Eklund, Kim Erickson, Ryan and Michelle Ferrer, and Earl and Jana McDonald. Way to go. Thanks for serving. We couldn't have done it without you. Next, we have our greeters, and we're going to call them our saxophones, because saxophones are playful and charming, and sometimes they need to improvise. And I think all that is true of people who are greeting others. Um, So this is Bethany Donaldson, again, uh, Jeff Messer, Allison Picard, Ray Riddell, Tiffany Taylor, Patrick and Christina Wagstrom, and Doug Whitmore. Way to go. Thanks for serving. We couldn't have done it without you. Next, we have our musical worship team. And we're going to say these are our trumpets. Uh, Because trumpets bring enthusiasm, and from what I've read, they're also the loudest instruments in the orchestra. 
these are the people in our congregation who give an extra two hours at least of every Sunday to be here and practice and prepare to help lead us into the presence of God. Our worship leaders are Steve Bell, Abby Lamar, Betty Hakla, and Ruth Allenbaugh. And our band members include Alex Javier, Rick Lamar, Monica Lee, Andrea Redfern, and Jeremy Wong. Way to go. Thanks for serving. We couldn't have done it without you. Next we have our prayer team. And we're going to say that these are our our flutes because, according to the internet, uh, flutes are observant and attentive to the needs of others. Uh, These are volunteers who attend to the needs of others either by praying over our weekly prayer cards or by praying with people during communion or after the service. Uh, This includes Kathy Cardella, Elaine Shig, Dean Collins, Lorinda Fishlani, Gladys France, Steve and Vicki Oldham, Jason and Zara Riddell, and Ray and Pam Riddell. Way to go. Thanks for serving. We couldn't have done it without you. Next, we have our tech team. And I am calling this our violin section because violins need to be very controlled and precise to sound good. And our tech team is comprised of one person whose attention to detail is something I'm very grateful for, Caleb Redfern. Way to go. Thanks for serving. We couldn't have done it without you. We have our hospitality team. I'm going to say that these are our cellos, and I'm biased here. The reason I'm saying this is because I love the sound of the cello so much. I think that a well-played cello is so beautiful that it is a gift to my ears. And that is what hospitality is. It is a gift. Uh, This team is led by Lori Bell, who helps to coordinate all our dinners and potlucks. It also includes Emily Lamar, who comes early every Sunday to brew coffee. and She's often one of the last ones to leave. She stays up to uh, clean communion supplies and the cafe to clean that up. And also Gladys France. Uh, If you see flowers anywhere in here or out there, Gladys had something to do with that. Way to go. Thanks for serving. We couldn't have done it without you. Okay, just a couple left. Uh, We also have our global outreach team. Uh, We're going to say that this is our orchestra's piano uh, because the piano is one of the most versatile instruments, and when you do global outreach, you have to be very flexible. Uh, This team is led by Ray and Pam Riddell. They made multiple trips to minister in Central America, and they've really helped to give us a broader perspective of God's work in the world, um, of his kingdom uh, outside the boundaries of 
of Connecticut. So they're not here, but just give them a round of applause. Uh, we also have our small group leaders. We're going to say that our small group leaders are our clarinets. Um, this seems a little uh, stereotypical to me, but clarinet players have a reputation for being studious and precise. And if you're going to prep a small group, you usually have to do some homework. Uh, so this includes Ayako Mitchell, Jason and Zara Riddell, Ashley and Nathan Oldham, and Doug Whitmore. Way to go. Thanks for serving. We couldn't have done it without you. And last but not least, there's also our communication team. We're calling this team our trombones because it's one of the last instruments left that I'm aware of. And that's the only reason. <laughs> uh, this is Nathan Oldham and Tracy Anderson. Uh, Tracy maintains our website. Nathan takes amazing pictures and has made some awesome videos for our church. And uh, both have been involved with our social media and the marketing of our community. If something has the St. Paul's logo on it, they probably had something to do with it. Um, so we're very grateful for them as well. <laughs> Way to go. Thanks for serving. We couldn't have done it without you. And finally, we also want to give some special recognition to Jim Wyman. Uh, Jim is our volunteer coordinator. He's usually here early and ready and willing to help in any way. You probably received a name tag from him on the way in. And Keith and I were looking at the instrument personalities, and it said for the tuba, unique and warm presence, loyal and affectionate, gentle and considerate. And Keith just said, that is Jim. So Jim, thank you for being our tuba. Way to go. Thanks for serving. We couldn't have done it without you. Okay, at this point, I'm going to invite Keith up to give one more special recognition. As Ryan and I were going through these awards this past week, there were uh, several others that we would have loved to mention, and uh, we do have some certificates for some other people too. That, uh, but just for the sake of time and our creativity and coming up with instruments, we want you to know that we aren't ignoring you on purpose. Also, with so many people who volunteer in our community, we realize that there are probably several names we forgot to mention. And uh, if you are one of these people, we are very sorry. But again, please know how grateful we are for all you do for our community. So before I get to our final award, I wanted to take a quick moment to just mention that if you were sitting here today and one of the volunteer roles that Pastor Ryan mentioned sounded like something you would like to do, please let us know. We would love to get you plugged into a role. We have uh, brochures like this that are set up all around the church, and uh, feel free to take a look through them, see if there's something that's appealing to you. And again, just uh, let us know. We, we'll get you plugged in right away. 
it's a, I know it's a cheap plug for us, but uh, at the same time, it's, the nice part about St. Paul's is that we would never keep you in a role that you're not comfortable with. So if you would like to try something out for a short period of time and you find out it's not for you, we'll get you plugged into another role. Or if you're a part of a team and the other team members don't really float your boat, we can uh, also help you out there. So don't, uh, don't be afraid to let us know if there's something that you would like to be a part of. We'd love to uh, get you plugged in. So without further ado, it's time for our final award. And if you've ever uh, been to one of our Celebration Sundays in the past, you know that it's been a tradition of St. Paul's uh, pretty much since the first year. Uh, I was looking at the uh, awards that we, we've recognized, our Volunteer of the Year Award, and we've, we've named it the Pauli Award for St. Paul's, obviously. And it gets presented to the person who has just gone above and beyond the typical role, volunteer role at our church and, uh, more importantly, the hours of service that they put in. And uh, we, we had a really difficult time narrowing this award down to one person this year. So uh, I'm sure we say that every year, but it really was tough for us to narrow it down to one person. But I think you'll agree after you hear the qualifications that we made the right choice. This person was a part of our pastoral search team that met for almost two years, once a week, for several hours at a time. In search for our lead pastor here at St. Paul's. And uh, although the verdict's still out, I think they did a pretty good job. <laughs> They are the uh, hospitality coordinator for St. Paul's, which includes planning, setting up, breaking down, and decorating for all of our special services, our events, our potluck dinners, and everything like that. They were a huge part of the vision that went into the interior designing of, uh, around, around this chapel, but also just around the church and the de decorating of our cafe. They've been a part of our leadership team that meets bi-weekly here since past, this past September, and they coordinate the counting and logging of all of our offerings each week. They are also a communion server, and I'm guessing there's a few other things I'm forgetting to mention, but by now you probably all know our Pauly Award this year goes to Lori Bell. <laughs> but before I ask Lori to come up here, like I said, at the beginning it was really difficult narrowing our Pauly Award down to one person this year. So... Uh, we're going to also give it to another person as well. This person leads us in worship at least once a month. They are co-chair of our board of directors. They emceed our Valentine's Day date night, led worship in our Friday, uh, Good Friday service. They make it a point to say hello to just about every new guest who walks through this building, and uh, sometimes they don't even scare them away. <laughs> They volunteered weeks of their time for this chapel redesign, and they're also going to be uh, doing our uh, cafe reconstruction, which uh, was caused by a little fire by someone. <coughs> <laughs> and he also supports his wife in setting up, breaking down, just for about every uh, special event. They're one they're two of the last people here for almost everything. And uh, if you don't know by now, this person is obviously Stephen Bell. So for the first time in the history of the Paulie Awards, <laughs> we have a couple winning the award, and we want to say thank you so much for volunteering, but also just for setting a great example of what marriage looks like in a, a Christian church. So come on up, guys. <laughs> it's one, one of the only food that Lori can eat in the valley. So we're presenting them both with gift cards, one for Lori uh, to an artistic place um, where she can order art supplies and then Steve through the Guitar Center so you can get 
And they've also been uh, named for our plaque. This is actually the second plaque. There's one that goes above it in the cafe if you want to check it out. And uh, each year someone gets their name on it. So welcome to our wall of Holly winners. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. And uh, watch out. As I was looking down the line of people who made it to this award, a lot of them end up on the staff here. So uh, <laughs> wink, wink. We'll see it. So, as I said at the beginning, this is a very special service. We had Compassion Sunday, Celebration Sunday. We also have one more thing that we're going to be taking part in. Uh, it's hard to believe this is probably like the fourth or fifth time we've been doing this, but in a few weeks, our spring semester at UConn is coming to an end. They are uh, they're going to be taking their finals week, and something that we've been doing here as a local serve has been to fill study bags for the, uh, the UConn students. Uh, does anyone have announcements? So in, uh, in your announcements this week, uh, if you would pull them out at this time, uh, everyone should have got a bookmark uh, that just talks about when our Yukon Studies Week Cafe is going to be open. We've been doing this, like I said, now for the past three or four semesters at least. And so there's a couple just service ways to serve locally here for the Yukon community that we want to invite you to. Number one is fill up a study bag or two. I think we have about 75 bags, so if everyone would, wouldn't mind filling two or three bags today, or three, that would be great. And uh, one of the main things that we have is that you put uh, just a little special note to a random UConn student who is going to be receiving these bags. You could put just let them know that we're going to be praying for them. Uh, you could put your favorite Bible verse. Just some word of encouragement to let them know that uh, people are thinking and praying for them this, this upcoming week. Um, and... When you walk into the cafe, there's going to be one line of tables. It'll have all kinds of snacks you can put in. Uh, actually, brought out a bag. Uh, so on the stool, there will be bags like this. You can put a label on it. Uh, the one thing that we want to make sure that every bag gets is one of these bookmarks to let them know about our open cafe, that they can come here to study. And then you can also fill it with things like uh, notepads, pencils, microwave popcorn, just all things that students we think would uh, really enjoy during their finals week. Uh, some gum and candy and apple. And uh, again, just a word of encouragement. You know, we're praying for you. We're thinking about you. And uh, we want you to do well this week. And then again, maybe a favorite Bible verse or something like that. And uh, even if you're new or visiting, we'd love for you to take part in this. It's uh, one of these special things we do twice a year. And we would love for you to join us. Uh, another thing you could do is sign up for a two-hour time slot to monitor our cafe. The, uh, the main ones are the night ones. Even if we don't fill up all the day ones, we want to make sure that last one at the night is uh, filled up. And it'll just be cl closing out the light, shutting the door behind you, and just making sure all the students have gone at 9 p.m. There's a uh, center table in the cafe. You can sign up for one of those time slots, and we'd love for you to help out with that. You can uh, come and hand out bags with Pastor Ryan and I on Thursday, April 28th from 11 to 1230-ish. Uh, we're going to be on the Yukon Quad. Pam and I did this last year, and we got to pray with several students as we handed out the bags. And I don't think one student uh, turned down a bag. I mean, everyone loved to see a bag, and, and they were just so thankful that our community would think of them and do this. So it's, uh, if you're available, I know it's during the day. It's a tough time to do it, but uh, we would love for you to join us. That's 11 to 1230 next Thursday, and uh, you could be a part of that. 
And then finally, if you would, if you know a college student in your life, uh, it doesn't even have to be a UConn if they're taking finals week next week. Give them one of those bookmarks. Let them know that they uh, are invited here to uh, study in our cafe. And also, if you don't know any college students, put it on your refrigerator, put it on your bulletin boards, and just it will be a great reminder to pray for the students, the, the faculty, and the uh, community while, uh, while, we're, while, while they're taking the finals week. Let them know that we're praying for them. So uh, those are plenty of ways that you can help serve. And what we're going to do now is just kind of uh, everyone can walk through. They can go through, go to the cafe, come back through these doors when they're done filling out a bag. And there's going to be a table set up right here. Just put your bags on the table. We're going to come back in, take communion, and then uh, pray, for, pray over these bags and finish up our service. So uh, bear with us if you're uh, tired. Hopefully this will wake you up. You can grab a cup of coffee on your way in and uh, let's get going.